A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The following program is a PodcastWarn.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzy. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The part of Vanilla and rock and roll. The spell you run now. Has been broken by Chris Jericho. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride. Cause it's Friday. It's That song never gets old, does it, right? You know what else doesn't get old? Being a fan of Macho Man Randy Savage finally going into the WWE Hall of Fame. And I'm so excited. I grew up a huge fan of the Macho Man. Uh, as a performer, I admired him when I got into the business. Student of his work. And I think people forget just how good he is. We're going to talk all about Randy today. It's a special Macho Man Randy Savage edition of Talk is Jericho with his brother. Lanny Poffa will be here discussing the entire uh, decision and the road to getting Randy into the Hall of Fame, plus his favorite memories of his brother, good, bad, in between. Lanny's quite the character himself, too. Uh, he was the genius in the WWE, talked in poems, and he still does. Uh, he knows his poems off by heart. He's a, he's a very cool guy, and you're going to love this show, I guarantee it. And you're also going to love the great debate Pritchard versus Bischoff this Sunday, January 25th in Philly. The Monday Night Wars will be debated uh, very, very uh, intricately. I think this is the first time this has ever been done before. And if you are in Philly for the Rumble, you need to come check this out because it's something that's never, ever been done before. I will be there to moderate the show. It's at Dave and Buster's on Columbus Avenue. It's this Sunday, January 25th. It starts at 1 p.m. It'll be over in time for you to hit the Rumble. Also, I'll be doing a special VIP meet and greet earlier that morning at 10 a.m. Come to Dave and Buster's early. Come hang out with me. Get some pictures done. Get some 
things signed. I'll be taking pictures, uh, like I said, uh, shaking babies, kissing hands, doing all that stuff. And then the Monday Night Wars debate begins at 1 p.m. So you come check it out. Still make it in time to the Rumble. Like I said, get all your tickets to rfvideo.com. You can get all your tickets at rfvideo.com. You want to do that uh, very, very soon because they're, they're getting close to selling out. I know that as well. Also, Fozzie fans, on Friday the 23rd at 4 p.m., I'll be at the FYE in uh, the Neshaminy Mall in Bensalem, uh, Pennsylvania. Sorry if I didn't get that right. Neshaminy Mall, FYE, 4 o'clock uh, on Friday, today. January 23rd, I'll be signing copies of Do You Want to Start a War? And on the 25th, I will be in Woodbridge at the Woodbridge Center, FYE, uh, at 4 p.m. as well. So on the 23rd, today, Friday, uh, FYE in Nashimini Mall. I'll be there in Nashimini Mall. And then on the 23rd, I'll be at the Woodbridge Center. Um, and that, uh, Sorry, that's the 24th. I'll be in the Woodbridge Center in New Jersey. So uh, come on down, check it out, and then head on over to the amazing Great Debate in Philly. So, so many cool things going on. Very, very excited about all of this. And I'm also excited that you guys schwa's my podcast. I know there's thousands of you to schwa's from, and I appreciate uh, you doing your online shopping through my Amazon links as well. Easiest way to support Talk is Jericho. You go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page, then you hit the Talk is Jericho button. Every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple of bucks to the show. Help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada A. You can get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. You can get Death Magnetic, the, uh, the the, the, the most recent Metallica record, although it's seven years old at this point, uh, featuring Robert Trujillo, a, a great guest on, on Talk is Jericho. You can also get the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War, um, which the title track for that, Do You Want to Start a War, burning up the charts all over rock radio. The video is online now at YouTube. You can also get my new book and the third New York Times bestseller I've written, The Best in the World, at what? I have no idea. People are saying it's the, uh, the, the, the best Chris Jericho book. You can also pre-order The Road is Jericho, my new WWE DVD that'll be coming out very, very soon. whole bunch of matches, very cool behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, promos. And I filmed uh, stories about most of these matches while riding uh, in the back of a, a limousine, I think it was. Um, after a Fozzie show a couple months ago. So the new WWE Chris Jericho DVD will be coming out soon. But listen, you can get anything you want on Amazon. It uh, won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or charges. So if you happen to be doing some online shopping, do it through my Amazon links. Help out this show in the process. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Then you hit the Talk is Jericho button. You bookmark it so you can get those links in one easy click. All right, the Y2J WWE Winter Tour continues on uh, this week, this Friday. Friday night, tonight in Trenton, New Jersey, tomorrow night in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and then, of course, Sunday for the Great Debate at Dave & Buster's. We already talked about that. These are the only shows you're going to be seeing me on for a while. Uh, no TVs, no pay-per-views, contrary to what people are guessing and what the rumors are. These are the only shows that I'll be doing, and they're, they're going by quickly. I mean, my goodness, like I said, Trenton tonight, tomorrow night is, is in uh, East Rutherford at the IZOD Center, which will be the last time anybody uh, from the WWE is in the IZOD Center, myself included, because apparently the 
shutting it down. So if you loved that uh, arena and you want to check out WWE one last time, come on down, hang out with me. I'll be there. Then, of course, Edmonton, Calgary, Jacksonville, Canton, Ohio, Tampa, Fort Myers, Madison Square Garden, Toronto, Buffalo. Those are the last dates that I'll be doing. Go to WWE.com, check out all information for those shows, and go to FozzyRock.com for all information on the Cinderblock Party, the World Tour that starts March 4th in Belfast, Ireland. You can get all those dates as we travel across Ireland, England, Scotland, France, Switzerland, Germany. Come check us out. It starts March 4th in Belfast and ends March 21st in Bochum, Germany. FozzyRock.com for all ticket links, all information, and all VIP packages. I want to meet you. I love hanging out with the people. I love hanging out with all of you. Uh, And I loved hanging out with Lanny Poffo today. Um, It's funny because I only met Lanny in, in, in passing. Um, he was working for WCW. I think um, uh, Randy Savage, his brother, had gotten him a gig working for WCW, but he never actually worked a, a job there. Uh, let me rephrase that. He never actually worked a match there. He was preparing to become the new Gorgeous George, but then they never actually used him, So, uh, which is a shame because Lanny is, is, is a great performer. He was leaping Lanny Poffo back when I was really getting into wrestling. He used to read poems from the back of a Frisbee and then reinvented himself and became the genius, a total heel character that was uh, paired up with Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, and they did a lot of really cool vignettes, and, and I watched them on YouTube. We talk about the genius with Lanny. We talk about his decision to allow Randy Savage to be in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, and that's cool because, to me, uh, the WWE Hall of Fame is a lot like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in that there were some glaring omissions. Uh, I think Bruno Sammartino, Bret Hart, Bob Backlund, Ultimate Warrior, they're all glaring omissions. Now Savage is the last huge name that, that needs to go in there, and that makes that, that uh, Hall of Fame legit to me now that Savage is in there. Similar to how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was missing Rush, Kiss, and Deep Purple. Rush and Kiss are in, Deep Purple not in, and uh, until Deep Purple gets in, I'll always have an issue with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now my issues with the WWE Hall of Fame are done. Uh, and the reason for that is because I'm a huge uh, Randy Savage fan. The very first wrestling t-shirt I ever bought in my life was the Violet Macho Man shirt that you see. I think they've kind of reissued it now. But uh, I bought it because I love Ricky Steamboat too. But the Steamboat shirt was kind of lame. It was yellow and just bunch of kind of like Japanese characters on it or whatever. It didn't look good. But so I bought the Savage one and I laughed because wrestling was popular, but wasn't super popular. And a lot of people thought that uh, um, I was a village people fan. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not a village people fan or other people. I remember thinking like, what if they think that I, that I'm saying that I'm a macho man. Like I'm so cool that I'm a macho man. And uh, I had to explain a couple of times. And I always wish that it said Randy Savage underneath, but uh, that was the first wrestling t-shirt I ever bought. I, uh, me and my friend Wallace from, um, from Winnipeg, we used to reenact the Savage steamboat match from WrestleMania three. We could go through the whole thing. Um, I believe I talked to to Lanny about that. There was twenty two, um, two counts as we called them. We didn't know that it was called a false finish. It was a two count, and we we were able to reenact that that match completely um, in our basement. I remember we set down the the couch cushions and go through all of the uh, ups and downs of that match. And then, of course, I loved when Savage won the title at WrestleMania four, and then the Mega Powers exploded uh, at WrestleMania five. Now I worked with Randy. In WCW, I was there from 96 to 99, but barely ever had any interactions with him. WCW was a strange place at that point. The top guys 
only hung out with the top guys. The bottom guys only hung out with the bottom guys. You didn't really cross the streams. So I didn't really know uh, Randy very well. There's two stories that I can really think of my interactions with Randy because I was super intimidated by him. I was intimidated with all those guys. But I remember we had a house show. I believe it was in um, – where is it? That Where's Elvis Presley from? Tupelo, Mississippi. That's where it was. And uh, I remember that for two sh- two things. One, Eddie Guerrero uh, had a couple too many drinks, and he peed in the bushes outside of the house where Elvis was born. So that was nice. Not Graceland, the house where he was born. It's just an open thing. You drive by it, and he had to go pee, so he peed in it. <laughs> he pissed on Elvis's house, I guess. <laughs> and the other thing was, so something went down with the uh, stereo system at the arena, and you couldn't play ring music. And Hall and Nash had just gotten there. And like I said, WCW was a crazy time, and they were uh, a little bit prima donna esque, shall we say. And they were really upset that there was no ring music. I remember Hall kept saying, This is JoJo. You're coming, coming from the WWE to WCW. This is JoJo. And that was their word for kind of an independent, you know, JoJo Starbuck, like it's kind of Bush League. And they just sat there. They would not go to the ring. And the match was Hall and Nash versus, I believe, Macho Man and Sting. And Hall and Nash wouldn't go. They wouldn't go. It's like, you know, five minutes or whatever. And they're kind of refusing to go to the ring without the ring music. And I remember Macho Man was like, uh, all right, well, uh, I'm going to go to the ring. Uh, it's probably like more of a Stu Hart imitation. I don't do a very good Randy. But basically he was saying that, um, well, if you guys aren't going to go to the ring, I will. And he just wandered out there. He's like, I don't need ring music. I don't care. Since I walk out there, people are going to cheer and yell and scream, and that's all that matters. So he went out there, and Sting followed, and then Hall and Nash had no choice but to go to the ring uh, with no ring music. So I always remember that. Like, even Randy Macho Man Savage, as huge of a star he was, he still knew that, you know, the show must go on and, and stuff happens, so don't worry about it. And then the other story I have about Randy was after I left WCW, I was doing a thing for Bubba the Love Sponge. He had this like 8 o'clock in the morning special radio concert, and Jackal was playing. And I ran into Randy there. He was with uh, Gorgeous George, his his girlfriend at the time. Um, I don't know why she was called Gorgeous George. I know Lanny was supposed to be Gorgeous George, and then he gave it to her, I guess. But anyways, um, and he came up to me, and he was like, you know, WCW made a mistake in letting you go, and... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I've been a fan of your work and, and, you know, basically just I was like really, really impressed and honored that Macho Man even A, knew who I was and B, said he was a fan of of my stuff. And, and that meant, really meant a lot to me. And I don't think I ever saw him. Actually, I saw him one more time afterwards at Brian Adams' funeral. Me and Bret Hart were standing there and Randy came and talked to us for a bit. But I never really got a chance to hang out with him and never got to work with him. Don't even think I was ever in the same ring as, as he was, maybe in one of those big World War Three Battle Royals. But a uh, huge fan of Randy Savage, one of my all-time favorites. And really, really excited that he's in the Rock, uh, in the rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> He'll probably get in there before Deep Purple will, but really excited that he's getting in. I know uh, Hulk Hogan talked about the reconciliation that he had with Randy here on Talk is Jericho. We're going to talk about why Lanny feels that Hogan is the best guy to induct Randy Savage and why Lanny even allowed Randy Savage to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. So much cool stuff coming up with uh, Randy Macho Man Savage, his brother Lanny Poffo to explain all of the great experience Experiences uh, that he had with his brother, and it's going to be a very special episode. Very, very excited about this. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. 
You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Talk is Jericho. So we're here in the studio with uh, with Laddie Poffo, which is great to get a chance to say hi to you face to face. Because I said earlier, we met I think in passing in WCW years ago, but that's the only time I think we've ever really had a chance to say hi face to face. Yes, we were ships that passed in the night. But I'll tell you what, Chris, if you know anything about the Poffo family, you know uh-huh. we're a little short armed with the with the wallet, you know. But you're one of the few wrestlers that I almost would pay to see. <laughs> well thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh brought you in we'll and we'll talk about, about those WCW days and, and everything too. But brought you in because we just uh, I just watched the the Macho Man Randy Savage story, the WWE D V D and it's such a, a great time for for Macho Man fans, uh, I think for the Poffo family, for for everybody who's celebrating the career of, of Randy Savage because now not only has this DVD come out, which is a great kind of uh, story about Randy, but also now getting into the WWE Hall of Fame finally after all these years of uh, not being in it. And to me, to me as a fan and as a professional, it's a pretty big deal. Um, and from what I understand, a lot of that had to do with, with you making the decision to allow him to go in. That was 100% correct, yes. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, um, if I can take you back, please. Okay? April tenth, mm-hmm. two thousand and nine. Right, my father's eighty fourth birthday, and the big debate was: Are we going to celebrate it, or we just let him stay home? Mm-hmm. So you know how Randy was. You know he said, "Oh, we got to do this for Dad." You know, so we went to uh, his favorite place, which was um, Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is Italian, but not really Italian. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. And I'm really half Italian, and my dad's all Italian. Uh-huh. Io sono molto contento di essere qui. Yeah, what's the matter you? <laughs> so, anyway. This is your dad, Angelo Poffo. No, which that's, is that's, a, no that's my grandfather. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a pretty uh, Italian-sounding name, though, right? Angelo Poffo. Yeah, yeah it's like... Right, uh, yeah. Um, so, my point is, it wasn't getting over. And my father was just having dementia, you know, and he was miserable and mm-hmm. he wasn't ready to be in public. Mm-hmm. And he died 11 months later. Mm-hmm. And my brother is trying so hard to get him in the conversation. But what can you do? He's incoherent. Mm-hmm. So, so Randy said, how do you like that? The Bon Erics get in the Hall of Fame. Not Chris. No, not Kerry. Mm-hmm. You know, Kerry was the star. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, what was he? 
He was the uh, leaping Lanny version of the Don Eric family. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, really. there was a, there was a, a whole, like six. I didn't kids. expect you to agree with me. Well, no, 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 no. He wouldn't because <laughs> okay. you, you you actually worked uh, uh, for a long time and did a lot of great things. But the Von Eriks had, I believe, it was six children or five children, and everyone knows Kevin and Carrie. David, to a lesser extent, guys in the business knew that he was really good. But then there was Chris, and there was a Mike. And these were guys that didn't even wrestle, but they all got inducted into the Hall of Fame together as a family. So that's, that's what you were talking about. That's what Randy's right. point was. If the Von Eriks can get in, what's wrong with the Puffles? At least we, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he said something that wasn't nice. So I'd like <laughs> to not say that. Okay, right. Okay. Um, it was about the exit that they made. Mm-hmm. Okay. Between Randy and Vince? You mean the exit from no, the No, the exit that Von Eriks made from life. Gotcha. Right, because you know, most of them have passed away. They went out with a bang or uh, with pills. Gotcha, okay. right, right. And I love Kerry. Did you know him? I never met him. You missed a lot. I mean, as they say, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, mm-hmm. but he was the most likable, lovable person you ever seen. And right after um, Chris died, him and I went out to eat, and I said, I, on behalf of my family, I, uh, you know, I express my condolences to your brother. And he went on saying, well, that took a lot of guts. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, he didn't say guts. He's like Spalding's, <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's a, a lot of grapefruits. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, balls. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can say balls here. Okay, Can we, we can say um, balls, right? Nick <laughs> balls are allowed. <laughs> okay. I, I said, well, when your mother's still alive, isn't that selfish? You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you want to offer yourself, I mean, Please have at it. Mm-hmm. But when your mother's still alive, did you ever consider that that might not be nice for her? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that went in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. So evidently, about a year later, he went. Mm-hmm. So, um, But he was phenomenal. And what a stud. Can you imagine with a prosthetic leg doing all those high spots? Oh, yeah. But just, just genetically created to be a wrestler, too. Like such a good-looking guy. Uh, great build, great physique, great charisma. And we're talking about Kerry. And was he over in uh, Texas? Well, that's I, what I've always heard, like rock stars, oh, right? You know, when I first, um, I had just been married, mm-hmm. and um, I live in um, Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and working for Bill Watts, mm-hmm. and the trips are long, mm-hmm. okay? But the Texas TV was all over, and these guys were over like you never saw. Mm. I mean, they were hot. Mm-hmm. And this was before the WWE took over the world. Right. So this was Vineric country. Mm-hmm. Any place was Vineric country. And they had the Christian thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, you're right in the middle of the Bible belt. So they were over, let's just put it that way. Right. But my my brother felt that since the Vineric's get in the Hall of Fame, how about the Poffo family. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, my, my father smiled and shed a little tear. And I didn't know if mm. the um, elevator was getting to the top floor, but he understood what that was. Mm. So he wasn't really responsive or talking too much at this point in time. No. But when wasn't. Randy said that, it, it meant something to, to Angelo. In retrospect, if he would have died 10 years earlier, it would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he almost made it to 85, but he didn't hardly know it. Right, gotcha. You know, gotcha. and I want to live long, but I won't, you know, as soon as, as soon as I go into Penn's diapers, maybe not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to be a burden. Yeah, yeah. Already, living in, in, in name only sort of thing. Yeah. So, so, so Randy 
thought that that Angela responded to that and really wanted to kind of see if all the Poffel family would get into the Hall of Fame. That was kind of his rule or his thought, his, his idea. If I can go back. Sure. Okay, go way back. I'm going to talk about the day after his 35th birthday. How well did you know Randy? Barely, barely knew him a few times. Actually, I knew him better after I left WCW than when we were in WCW because WCW was kind of a weird place. But the, a few, I saw him a few times after I left. Actually, one time I saw him at some kind of a concert that 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 Bubba the Love Sponge, whose studio that we were in, had Randy come down for like an early morning show, and Randy was very, very nice to me and said a lot of nice things. That was kind of the last time I think I saw him. So knew him only passing, but good, good vibes. Well, Randy loved Vince McMahon mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And Randy tried to get along with everybody else. It's just that, you know, sometimes it's difficult, especially when everybody seems to have their own agenda. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, and I hate, you know, I'm not this type of guy. I have negative thoughts, but I like to just change the channels really fast. That's why I look so good at 60. Mm-hmm. But Randy, when he had a negative thought, he looked to get a box of popcorn, sit down and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd dwell on it and then bring it up years later over something that should have been flushed. Right. Okay. This is going to mean nothing to you, but try to picture this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have a friend, Al Costello, used to be a member of the fabulous kangaroos. Kangaroo. Yeah. Okay. And very nice man. He died many years ago. Um, but my father and him were friends. I loved him. Mm-hmm. What a nice man. He's Australian, a very interesting guy. Not like your typical wrestler that talked about three things you know you talk about quite a few things mm-hmm. you know like you are multi-dimensional mm-hmm. well he was just like you except his he liked folk songs and you like hard rock yeah you know but this is still it's music same vibe right yeah so um he calls up my father and he's, my, he's all excited because at the meadowlands on november 16th 1987 they're going to have a big battle royal with the legends legends of wrestling so Luthez, Pat O'Connor, mm. King Kaniski, Killer Kowalski, Bobo Brazil. They're all in this match. Eduardo Carpentier, all my dad's friends. Mm. And, you know, nostalgia. How would you like, you know, let's say we're many years down the road and we're having a party and you're not invited. Does that make you feel good? Mm. I don't think so. No. So my brother and I went to my parents' house and my dad you know, he was smart enough to know which one of us had the stroke. You know, we were both standing there, but he asked Randy, you think you can get me on that battle royal? Randy says, don't worry, it's done. And uh, I said, well, it's done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, this guy had a bit of stroke. Yeah. He didn't ask Leaping Lanny. If he... <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast. Don't be... It, wasn't, yeah, that... it wasn't that funny. <laughs> you're talking about one of the biggest stars in the company and in the world being yeah, Randy Macho right. Man Savage, and, and right? And, you know, uh, I came to the realization that um, it's okay. God didn't make a mistake when he, invited, when he invented me, but... Sometimes. You were the first guy I ever saw do a moonsault, so I, I'm not going to ever say anything bad. Did you ever see the Brady Bunch? Yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, um, I don't remember what town we are in because you know how it blurs together mm-hmm. when you're on the road? Yeah. Okay, I think, I think it was the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland, which is a place that was probably demolished before you ever joined mm-hmm. the WWE. But it was... Um, Anyway, I'm standing there like an idiot, and uh, Randy scares me. 
he grabs my wrist and he's got man hands. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, he gets, puts his face on my face and he's, I, I didn't know, I've seen that face before. You know, it's not good. Mm-hmm. He says, come here, I'm going to talk to you. And I thought to myself, oh, brother, what is it now? And he says, you're not going to let dad in the uh, battle royal. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Why is that? I never got an answer. Mm. But I got the, you know, I, I don't know why, but I know what. And um, Randy was out of his mind crazy. You know, and it's like, and he didn't blame Vince. He blamed Chief J. Strongbow and Pat Patterson for their clout with Vince. They were the bookers at the time, basically. It was just Pat. Yeah, yeah. But Chief J. was like the head road agent or something like that. Yeah, right? and he was a miserable guy. Okay. You know, just a, you know, very angry. Um, mm-hmm. He must have he had a belly out to here and he had to walk that belly and probably <laughs> had a hundred pounds of hardened fecal matter in that belly, <laughs> you know, which I could have helped him with, you know? Yeah. Um, now Pat Patterson, we had a lot of respect for because that was one of the greatest workers that ever lived. Mm-hmm. And we had the opportunity in 1967, we went to San Francisco. My dad was there for three weeks. Then we went on to Hawaii where we stayed for six months mm-hmm. and we saw Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens in their prime. And Chris, at the time, that was the best work ever. Mm. I saw them wrestle um, Pedro Morales and Pepper Gomez in San Francisco when everybody was in their prime. And then they came to Hawaii and wrestled Jim Haiti and Johnny Barrett. Mm. I'll tell you what, very impressive. Mm. They were Shires Flyers, and they were famous, and they didn't have muscles, but they had good enough bodies at the time. In 1967, you know, that was as good as you got. Right. And, you know, evidently they drank a bit, mm-hmm. you know, and it had a little derby on yeah. it, you know. But um, Randy knew that this was better work than we had ever seen. So I'm not knocking Pat Patterson. He was a great brain in this business, Very a phenomenal smart. worker. You know, the thing is, You know, when if you don't like somebody, don't take everything away from the guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear sometimes. I heard some old-timers knocking Buddy Rogers, Nature Boy. They didn't like him. Hey, but don't knock his work, please, right. because right. that's a, that's embarrassing for you. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take your DVD and compare it to his. Right. And let's compare them, and mm-hmm. we'll see. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? If you don't like them, just render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's. <laughs> so anyway... The next day, and Randy was being a gentleman at all times in the locker room, and the next day, Chief J. Strombo came in with a cast on his arm with a sling. And Randy said in front of all the boys, what happened to you? Oh, that Luthez threw me over the top rope. and uh, In the he, Battle Royal. Yeah, he broke my arm, that, and he blamed Fez. Mm-hmm. And Randy said to Strombo, Luthez didn't break your arm. I'll say it in his voice. Luthez didn't break your arm. You're too fat and you're a disgrace to the business. You broke your own arm. Wow. And I said, oh, my God. I said, <laughs> I said, is this the way we're going to act now? <laughs> yeah. He says, what difference does it make? I was nice to everybody and they don't love me. Mm. So he might as well be himself. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, he would point it out. Mm. So it bothered him the rest of his life. That, that Angelo was not allowed in that battle royal. After my father died, and that was March 4th, 2010. And I'll tell you what, um, the doctor came out and said he has a heartbeat but no pulse. 
And we had all signed uh, do not resuscitate. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be like uh, Terry Schiavo. Yeah, right, right, right. So Randy says to the doctor, I don't want my father to have a heartbeat and no pulse. You let him go. Mm -hmm. So he got wasted, Randy, a couple of days later. He's drunk on his butt, you know what I mean? And he's just miserable. And he told me that I was a better son than he was. Mm. I said, how do you figure that? I said, I don't. He says, because I couldn't get that uh, battle royal. Wow. 23 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't get the battle royal done. And I said, I would like to tell you that uh, you're wrong. Um, first of all, who was it that built that high-tech bathroom toilet for dad? Mm -hmm. That was you and your credit card. Mm -hmm. And you got that high-end uh, hospital bed that comes, reclines, and goes back and forth. And when, when our parents were young enough to travel, they, Randy sent uh, them on trips, like first-class trips, uh, tickets to um, Israel, mm -hmm. where they took the big tour. And my mother's Jewish and my dad's Catholic, you know, and they're yeah. serious about it. And um, Hawaii, Japan, all throughout Europe. Until they finally begged Randy, please stop sending us places we're tired. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it is grueling. That's right, sure. I mean, is. you've been on the road for Traveling years. Traveling is not you easy. Know, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it, it will lose its luster after quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then how many times you've been to Japan? Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, Japan's great, but getting there is a bit of an inconvenience. Yes. You know, especially if you're in 23A. <laughs> you're probably in first class. Not all, No, no, no. My first 30 trips, I think it was middle seat smoking. Okay. <laughs> so right. I get you. Yeah. So anyway, I forgot where I was, but... Uh, well, you were saying that, that, that Randy was, was still, uh, even after your, your father or passed away, he was still mad and felt bad that he couldn't get Angela in the Battle Royal, so felt like you were a better son. Okay, so then Randy starts... You don't know him that well, but he could probably um, keep talking after he made his point. <laughs> okay let's yeah. put it that way yeah and there was nothing i could do about it mm -hmm. okay because i was the not the alpha male but what i don't even know what the other word is alpha the, let's say the beta yeah okay, beta male, right, yeah. Even, you're the little brother well if there's one less than that that would be me too <laughs> <laughs> you know but I mean? you're the little brother right I know, I yeah know, i know yeah but here's that's that was the epiphany that i had randy kept saying if anything happens to me don't let me go in the Hall of Fame by myself. you got to know that it's the Poffo family or nothing. He really said that? Oh, yes. Wow. Time and again, time and again. So Randy was very angry when my father died, and nobody from WWE offered their condolences to my father. Nobody, nobody offered condolences. Now, we got condolences from everybody else. All around the world, yeah. Yes, and uh, I don't want to mention names because I'll leave people out, but definitely... Ted DiBiase, Breath the Hitman Heart. And, you know, I appreciate and love those guys. And, you know, that's it's a tremendous thing. What us uh, respect. You know, even if I'm glad he's dead, wouldn't I say I'm sorry for your loss? Isn't that just normal? Sure. It's just, Yeah, please. if you have any relationship with somebody f over the years, you always do that out of respect. Well, I've been to a lot of funerals, and some of them I approved of, <laughs> you know, but I would still go because... I got bad news for you, Chris. Not everybody loves me either. Yeah. And I'm not perfect either. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I get a phone call right before, I don't know, right before, but mm, WrestleMania in Miami. Right, which would be 29. I and believe. it was following Randy's demise. Yes. 
Randy passed away in 2011? Yes, he he died May okay. 20 of 11. Okay, so the next WrestleMania would be, yeah, 12, uh, 2012 in Miami. And thank God for small favors. I'm glad my father passed before because um, he wouldn't have enjoyed that funeral. Mm-hmm. And my mother was there for it, mm-hmm. and she collapsed. Mm-hmm. And um, as a matter of fact, I don't want to think about it. Right. Um, so you get a call before WrestleMania in Miami. It's John Laurinaitis, and he's very nice. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say the magic words. Which is? I'm sorry for your loss. Gotcha. Okay. But he was nice. Mm-hmm. He just didn't say it. See, I never met him. And um, I told him something nice. Um, I said, hey, um, your brother's uh, son is playing football. and uh, Yeah, Randy, James Laurinaitis. And Randy was born in Columbus, Ohio. So he's a big Ohio State fan. Oh. And Randy, he, his exact words were, Almost every offspring of wrestlers is, if they're in the newspaper, it's for all stealing a car or something, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But here's somebody that's really doing well. Mm-hmm. And Randy loved football, and he loved the fact that here's one of the boys whose son is really making it. You know, and it's kind of rare. Yeah. It's a, it, you're a fugitive from the law of average when you make NFL. <laughs> yeah. And NFL stands for not for long. Right. Because, but- you know, everybody's got knees, and, you know, one play and you're through. James is still there after six years as one of the top guys on the Rams. And Randy was following him. Oh, okay. And I just wanted, I told John Laurinaitis how much Randy was impressed with uh, his nephew. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I was being nice, but it kind of sticks in my craw when they don't express their condolences. Right. Now, Howard Finkel, he expressed his condolences. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get him in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, because probably get him fired for that but but i'm going to tell you what the best guy on that dvd was kieran bent he was the producer do you know him i do not know kieran no well he brought in five people camera and i know i started 20 stories but that's that's, all right when you're 60 that happens (laughs) we got it okay he came in with five people you know lighting sound and you know what to do the interview with you what vince does it's no big secret he gets the best people at what they do and then overpays them Mm-hmm. so they don't want to go anywhere else. And that's why he has the best show, because money talks. And Kieran Bent came into my mother's house with a big thing of flowers, and he said, on behalf of the WWE, I would like to express my condolences. And I said, wow, that worked. Mm-hmm. You know, that was good. Because he had asked me, do you think I can get my mom involved? And I said, I don't know. She's Jewish, she's angry, and she feels hurt that nobody expressed their condolences. Well, I'd say he replaced his divot in a golf term. (laughs) Okay, so let's go back to before Miami. I told John Laurinaitis, uh, Randy's wishes were that we go in as the Poffo family or not not at all. And uh, he got that idea from the Von Erichs. Mm -hmm. The Von Erichs are good enough for the Hall of Fame, even Chris. As a family, yeah. That all the Poffos are invited, even Lanny. Mm -hmm. Okay, the lesser of the uh, three. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. I'm good with that. So then they had me, they weren't going to do that, but they had me come in anyway in case WWE Network ever took off. So I made a couple of interviews in Miami. And then... Uh, the oh, next, they brought you into WrestleMania in Atlanta to do some interviews. In, in Miami. Gotcha. Sorry, in Miami, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And then it was, the you know, turning 60... You get mental about that because, you know, you realize the end is near. Mm-hmm. 
my big deal was 59 because that, you know, I'm a man who has never accomplished anything in his life that wasn't dwarfed by the macho man. Mm. But to live to be 59 was a big deal. And Randy passed away at 58. And a half. Gotcha. You know, and I don't mean to be petty, no, but no, that's no. kind of hard to get your arms around that yeah. I'm now the older brother. Yeah. So that's right. I thought to myself, look at all the times that I didn't get my way. You know, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I was kind of like, I have a suggestion. Oh, yeah, sit in the back, shut up. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh-huh. And then, you know, my middle finger would come out when they weren't looking. Because okay? yeah. <laughs> I, I might harbor a few resentments, you know. <laughs> so I love to play basketball in the morning, and then I do wind sprints. It's 60% top speed, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm not out there to Jesse Owen myself. I'm mm-hmm. just there to, you know, get Same some shape, yeah. oxygen. And uh, it hit me. I'm 59. I'm the oldest. I can veto Randy's wishes because these wishes are wrong. And why do you say they're wrong? Because of Star Trek. Hmm. The needs of the many far outweigh the needs of the few or the one. That's what Spock says before he dies in Star Trek Two, right? Wrath of Khan. Are you with me? I'm with you. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Live long That's and one of my favorite movies when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. I knew that whole thing off by heart, Wrath yeah. of Khan. Well, I'll tell you... Um, if after the interview, if you want to have a quiz, you'll beat me. <laughs> but the genius thing, like I said, was a gimmick. <laughs> right. Okay. But I did write my own poems. Okay. Anyway, I said, well, the tough part is going to be talking my mom into it. Mm. It took me three days. And I said, mom, here's the situation. I'm the oldest male and uh, the fans are suffering. And Vince McMahon defeated a federal grand jury and billionaire Ted Turner. I don't think... He loses much sleep over Lanny Poffo. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's willing to cut his nose off to bite, uh, bite, bite his face. Yeah, yeah, bite his nose off to spite his face. Right. And I could do that too and be the world's most stubborn, miserable guy. But ever since we announced that Randy was going in the Hall of Fame, the outpouring of love and support and happiness from the fans has justified the fact that if we meet in the great by and by, I will have to face the macho man. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm going to tell him. Randy, I tried in Miami, but they didn't blink. And they're not going to blink. But Vince has three balls and I just have one. <laughs> Vince has a pair and a spare. And I have one shy. Okay? It's just the way it is. Yeah. Now, I'm not the most floppish person you've ever met. I could probably win an argument with other people, but not Vince. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? And it's his Hall of Fame. So it took me three days to talk my mom into it. And I think what tipped the scale in my favor was, Mom, I'm going to do it anyway. So if you love me, you're going to support me. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm the older brother. And I mentioned several times that I didn't get my way. Mm-hmm. And it kind of bothered me. You know, although when you look at the whole scheme of things, I would not have gotten even into the WWE if it weren't for my brother. I mean, you could take that blank piece of paper you have and put pro and con about having Randy as a brother, and it's all positive. But if it's all positive, then put him in the Hall of Fame and let those fans enjoy it. Because let me tell you how much Randy loved the fans. Enough so he cared. If, okay, Madison Square Garden got one of his outfits, then he went to Walla Walla, Washington, or Kalamazoo, and he made sure they got the same show and the same outfit, and then he rotated them, and he knew who saw what outfit and who oh, didn't. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So he wouldn't wear the same outfit 
you know, two shows in a row or whatever. He wanted everyone to see the new costume in every town. And why do you suppose that is? Because if you bought a ticket, he wanted for you to get your money's worth. Mm-hmm. In fact, he wanted double your money's worth. He never wanted anybody to get a refund if they paid to see the Macho Man. And I don't have to tell you, he sat me down many times criticizing the hell out of my match and interview and even my poetry, and that's my fortois, <laughs> okay? But still, you know, he had an opinion on everything. And what, what his gift was, he could criticize me and make it fun mm. because he had such a fantastic personality. He would, first he would be cruel with me, but I knew his gimmick. And I would laugh because he was being serious, you know? (laughs) And like, here's the deal. Yeah, you, uh, you know, it's kind of embarrassing that you're even a wrestler, but here's the situation at least. Give it this and that, ba-boom, ba-boom. And you know what, Chris? I miss that the most. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, that's how he showed his love. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, you know, you would think that that's, trust me, if he didn't love me, he wouldn't have sat me down. (laughs) And, um, Sometimes I wish the trip would be shorter so we could just, okay, got it. You know? <laughs> did, you, did you guys used to ride together? In, 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 oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I had thousands of, I had many matches with him. Really? Yes. In WWF? No. Okay. No, we, uh, we had our own territory. Yeah. And I was the baby face and he was the heel. And we worked a lot together. Guess who led the match? Well, I would probably say Randy did. Why probably? How about definitely? <laughs> The only time I said anything was to say, what? Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> I, can't, I can't seem to, yeah, the crowd is buzzing too loud. And that's the funny thing is you keep imitating his voice, but that was his real voice. Like, I know the times I talk with him, like, you know, like when people imitate Randy Savage, which everybody can imitate him, which is the sign of a true icon. Yeah, I put but that's uh, what, what he sounded like. I put Iron Sheik in that same category. Oh, especially now. Nikolai, Nicola, you stupid son. <laughs> <laughs> Sheik's gotten a, like a, a whole new career now over the last few years. But Randy's one of those guys that like, his voice is very imitatable, but that was kind of the real way he talked. Let me, hey, Randy, let me say this. Or whatever, like, right. real gruff and deep. You know, It wasn't like he had to go into character. That pretty much was his, his character. That's right. And, uh, okay, so we never got over the Battle Royal. And, well, I read a book many years ago I think the guy's name was Richard Carlson, Dr. Richard Carlson. Mm-hmm. And since you're a um, best-selling multi-dimensional author <laughs> of five, five, six books coming up, um, it was called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Mm-hmm. Very good book, but Randy never read it, and he probably needed to because he sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, he would also uh, dissect the minutia of life, and he would... Uh, he would overdo it, but wasn't that what made him great? You know, because let's Stickler face it. for details, right? Oh, yeah. yes. And uh, angry if it didn't happen. Mm. And everybody talks about the match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The one thing they forget to give credit to is um, he chose the referee. Really? So I want you to do this. I know that you're um, a student of the game. I'm a huge student of that match, too. That's one of my favorites. It's okay. not my favorite. I want you to watch it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this time, only pay attention to Dave Hebner. Oh, it was Dave, huh? Because every false finish, Dave would, in a panicky, um, like let's say if they made me a referee, maybe I'll referee like an old man or something when somebody's shoulders are down, I might go to one knee and give it a soft tap. Yeah. Dave would dive to the mat and go one, two, 
And I thought he was going to separate his shoulder. And that created such an interest and excitement mm. over a false finish. Immediacy to it, yeah. Intensity. Yeah, there was a lot of false finishes in that match. Oh, absolutely. I think there was 22 I counted when I was in high school. See, that's why you're the greatest worker. <laughs> because things like that matter to you. Yeah. You weren't just, oh, that was good. Or, you know, in other words, you dissected it. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, let's face it, you didn't get to where you got because of your size. Mm-mm. It was a handicap for mm-hmm. you. But then you turned around and became a cruiser rate and then took it to the big guys. So there was nobody you couldn't work with. Mm. See what I'm I mean? Same with Randy too. Though. Randy was not a big guy, especially nope. in 1987 when you were six foot eight, six foot six. That, those were the top names. That's true. How, how tall was Randy? Six one, six two. It was de- he six two? I think he was about my height. But my head comes to a point like Bird <laughs> on Sesame Street. Okay, <laughs> let's put it this way: he was big enough to not be one of the giants. Okay. See, I know I start a million stories. No, that's all right. But guess which wrestler made the most money in this business ever adjusted for inflation? Who? His name is George Wagner. George is George? Yes. Yes. Okay. What happened was he was a junior heavyweight like you, Mm -hmm. and he was wrestling in Texas, working underneath babyface before World War II was over. And he sees a guy named Dizzy Davis. Dizzy Davis was a legitimate bisexual, and he had a gimmick with blonde hair, beautiful robes. And his wife is a seamstress. I mean, uh, George's wife. George goes to Los Angeles, and now it's after World War II, and television's catching on. And he steals the gimmick, because you can do that in this business, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gorgeous George was not even gay or anything, but he figured it out, you know, mm-hmm. that he could do this. And the greatest thing was he would open up his robe, and um, the referee would go to check for oil, and he would go, get your filthy hands off me. And that was his tagline. And he did that every match in the mm-hmm. uh, referee's instruction. Then I believe he made 17% of the, of the gross whenever he would go out. So it was all territories back then. And the, uh, the world champion, mm-hmm. the world junior heavyweight champion, which was in lesser demand, girls, little people, that used to be the M word. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> and, you know, just the attractions. And in those days, uh, Argentino Rocca and Gorgeous George. Mm. And nobody drew more than Gorgeous George because he was the first gender bender. Right. Well, because it was his personality and his character, right? But, but let me ask you one question quickly. I don't want to lose this. You're talking about Dave Hebner with the intensity of his counts with in, in, the, in, the, in the Savage Steamboat match. Are you saying Randy told him to do that? I'm saying that Randy chose him because he didn't want to. He wanna... knew that he would do it that way. It's like Walmart. They don't hire people and train them to be nice. They hire nice people. And yeah, yeah, gotcha. So they say, how may I help you? Right. And that's how Walmart started because otherwise, yeah, um, because people like to be treated, you know, right. what can I do for you, sir? Right. Whatever. So Randy noticed that Dave Hebner was the best referee in the territory. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a territory. It was the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, Randy had a lot going for him as far as getting everything his way. And, um, yeah, he, he had a lot of pull. He had a lot of stroke. He was a up big until, star. Yeah. Up until a few months later and there was a battle Royal in the metal. <laughs> okay. But, right. but I, you know, yeah, at that point, I, I think I already mentioned that. <laughs> okay. So, um, he said, the reason I want you is because you're the only guy that knows how to do a count. Mm. He says, you got to do it with enthusiasm. You got to do it with one, two kick mm-hmm. out. And I'll tell you what, and he told Ricky Steamboat this too. If I get lazy 
and my shoulders are down, I lose. Mm. And so do you. He says, it's a shoot. Mm. He says, one, two. We don't put the referee in the spot. You know, like one, two, oops. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, He's going down for the three unless no, you get your shoulder up. In other words, that's the part of the match that's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's gonna, and because of that, the fans just uh, creamed themselves every single time there was, was a false finish. Yeah. And then when um, Randy already had the history of hitting Steamboat with that belt, mm-hmm. and then George the Animal Steel gives Randy a push, Randy drops the belt, takes the bump, and if you notice, because Randy's into details, mm-hmm. so Steamboat's still hurt. Randy goes up for a body slam, but before he does, he sells his, his back. back. Yeah, because he had just been thrown off the top rope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then for the body slam, and then boom, boom. Yeah, roll up. One, two, three. People go crazy. Belt change hands. Mm-hmm. And like I said on the DVD, they didn't need a screw job finish mm-hmm. because Randy was all about business, all about doing what was right in the business. And he thought in every other sport, there are no undefeated people. The only undefeated people in our sport are, I mean, we have certain people that get such power. Yeah. They get the book, then the belt, mm-hmm. then they never lose. Mm-hmm. Well, then we have what you call double barbecue finishes. You know, it's like not decisive. Yeah. Listen, we're just entertainers. Mm-hmm. Please. Yes. Let's, let's keep it competitive. Yeah. And Randy believed in, uh, oh, he wanted it to be spellbinding. He wanted great moments in the match. And, um, I think history says that he probably had a good idea of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, we're here with Lanny Poffo having a great time talking about uh, about about Randy Savage's brother, all the cool things, WrestleMania three and, and Hall of Fame. So, so when you finally talked to your mom and your mom said, uh, you know, you're going to do this, and you decided to do this, who, did you call the WWE? Did you call Vince? Did you call Johnny Laurinaitis? Who did, who did you talk to to finally uh, give you permission for Randy to be in the Hall of Fame? I waited until they called me. Okay, you knew they would. No, I didn't know they would. Mm-hmm. I just thought, um, that's an odd phone call. Oh, by the way, it turns out I don't have a spine at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, um, Mark Carrero. Mark Carano. Carano? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I knew that. Yeah, close I was enough. testing you. Yeah, I got it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are the genius. Oh, actually, uh, that's hard to prove. So um, Carano called you. It's just that. You understand, I don't have, um, everybody had 21-inch pythons, and, yeah. and I have garden hose. So <laughs> I figured I'd point to my brain, it's you know, because I just had these you know, spaghetti <laughs> arms like Rover on Sesame Street, you know. And uh, he called me, and uh, they didn't want, it was before WrestleMania 30. And I can tell tales out of school, they didn't want to do it that year, mm-hmm. because Paul Bearer recently passed away. Right. He was going in. Yeah, and they didn't want to have two. They don't like to do that. Posthumous, yes. Um, so Inductions, right? I'll tell you what. Um, I was told to kayfabe, mm. but they leaked it. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they leaked it. Right. So, and then we, we've heard the news now that that uh, Hulk Hogan will be inducting Randy. Was that something that you had a, a, any kind of say in, or did they just tell you we think Hulk's the best guy for the job? 
I came to the realization that I have no say in anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but I would like to say at this point that I couldn't think of a better person to induct Randy than Hulk Hogan. I agree. You do? Absolutely. Well, there are people that don't agree. Mm. And here's what I have to say to them. A verb and a pronoun. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second, right? Yeah, well, I think it begins with an F, it ends with a U. <laughs> yes, I was trying to uh, take the high road. You on did, your show. you did. And I'm like, okay, what is this next? <laughs> hey, yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. I get so, it, right? So, um, so what, why do you say that, Lanny? Why do I say what? I mean, I mean the, the verb and the pronoun. I mean, obviously, I agree with you that Hogan should be the guy. And why do you feel that he's the right guy for the job no matter what? Okay, selfishly, I look in the mirror mm-hmm. and I see a complete jabroni, except for four months when I drank from the silver chalice of success. And if I were to come on this show and say I am not appreciative to Hulk Hogan, who is 100% of the reason I was selected. Yeah, because you worked with Hulk is what you're talking about. It was perfect in the genius versus yes. Hulk. And you even had a Saturday Night's Main event match with Hulk. Yeah, he was the nucleus. Yeah. I was the electron. And I knew it wouldn't last, Mm -hmm. but nothing lasts forever. Right. And he uh, liked my gimmick or, and I'll tell you what, um, you know, when you succeed in life, you get two things, false friends and true enemies. Mm. And I'm sure that you're a hard guy not to be jealous of. And I, maybe you've noticed that. Okay. In your life that some of your friends weren't always true. Yeah. Especially in this job, right? It's possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just saying it's human nature. Yes. But the thing is, um, it doesn't matter what you think of me. It matters what do I think of me. Mm -hmm. Because basically, I'm stuck with myself all the time. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I love Hulk Hogan. Did I mention that I love him? You did, absolutely. Well, you know, I say this, this is not spelled L-U-V. This is L-O-V-E, all caps, because I think he's a, He's a great man and a good man. And even though he hasn't done a thing for me in the last, since 1989, can't I just be appreciative for what he did? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Or you should just take me out and slap me. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, how many people get an opportunity like I got? Mm -hmm. Now, there are people that had better careers than me, but they didn't peak so high as me for that four months. Right. And I'll tell you what, I have selective amnesia. Mm-hmm. I never want to remember anything except those four months. That's a, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And I'm living in the past, almost to the point where you feel sorry for me. Well, but I'll tell you this, though, like I said, I just watched this last night because, I, I, I like I said to you before, not just because you're here, I always loved the genius character. I thought it was something real unique. It was fun, especially paired with Mr. Perfect, with Kurt Henning. You guys were a great duo. Kurt was just coming in. And you had this match, main event, or, or one of the main events on a Saturday night main event, and I watched it last night, and it was great. I mean, you, you moonsaulted Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? There's, it was a great finish. You beat Hulk Hogan by countout, basically. You know, I mean, that's pretty big in 1989 when Hogan was the king of the castle, and you didn't beat Hulk Hogan. Nobody did. It was obviously setting up perfect in Hulk, but you were a very important part of that, uh, part of that, that story. Yeah, setting up perfect in Hulk, but, no, there is no but. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciative, and I would have gone for anything. After mm-hmm. all, let me just level with you. When I would lose to Bob Orton Jr., he was so fantastic that he made me look better than if I would beat Barry Horowitz. Right. Because, now Barry Horowitz is a good worker, but he has no idea on how to get any heat whatsoever, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Where Bob Orton Jr., 
was a maestro. He was like one of the, I mean, are you too a fan of his? Of course, absolutely. Wrestling? Of course, absolutely. I mean, um, I know we're talking subjective, not objective. And he, I'll tell you what, I, we were in Toronto and I just saw the match on YouTube. And I said, wow. And everybody, all the boys were there, you know, saying, hey, great match. And I said, well, you're, you were on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Here's what it was like. I can't dance. Mm-hmm. But if this girl knows how to do salsa, merengue, cha-cha, and all that stuff, and as long as I loosen my body, mm-hmm. trust her, mm-hmm. and don't fight her, she could move me all across that dance floor, and you wouldn't know That's right. if I could dance or not. Yeah. So wrestling's the same way. Now, Brett the Hitman Hart, I did a job for him too. And guess what? It was every bit as good in his own way because I was the chameleon and he was the leader. Mm-hmm. And Brett takes it very seriously. And I listened. And uh, another guy, let's say, um, I had to do jobs for a lot of people, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm. Now, you may criticize him for his lifestyle or the fact that he's carousing or the fact that I'm actually older than him and I look 10 times, 10 years better at least. Mm-hmm. But don't you ever say that he's not a great interview or he can't work because that is wrong. Mm-hmm. He is phenomenal. And I was the guy that went around doing jobs for him, job, 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 and loved every minute of it. And I knew that he was getting over and he was helping me get over too. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know. Sure, of course. Of course, absolutely. You know, it's possible and it's probable that we can both get over mm-hmm. in the same match. And still it's decisive. And still you go on to, you know, to your well, the, the, the better he makes you look, the better it is for him because he's beating somebody. You know, you beat someone in 30 seconds, right, whatever. You beat someone in five minutes, but it's a hard-hitting match where maybe just possibly you might have won, then you've done something. And the, and the fans think of it's a David Goliath situation. Yeah. And, you know, they, they like a, I don't know, you ever see High Noon with Gary Cooper? Mm-hmm. You know, the guy's selling and everything, and he yeah. sells, sells, sells the whole match. And finally. Sure. You know, it's a big it, comeback, yeah. Or did you ever see um, Casino Royale? With, mm-hmm. Okay, I love the scene where he gets beaten, and then the girl yells at him like you know, and says, "I can beat this man." And then he has a heart attack. Yeah. And then they, they put him back together, and I said, "What a sell!" Yeah. Getting ready for his moment of greatness. That's right. So but the, but just, that's, that's 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 Hollywood. That that's the drama of it, the beat down, and then finally the big comeback. But. Um, we're talking about the genius character, and you did it a little bit too when you were when you were Lanny, leaping Lanny Poffo. Uh, did you write your own poetry? Because the genius always talked in rhymes. I always wrote my own poetry. You know, I, like I say, I don't claim to be a genius, but uh, I wrote my own poetry. Because there were some long ones. Like I was watching some of the promos last night with Perfect when he was doing all his feats, like golfing and the the diving thing and the throwing of the horseshoes. I love those. Do you do you remember any of those poems by well, chance? Let me tell you my favorite one. Do you got one that you can because tell? Because what. You know, I'm a little persnickety, maybe you noticed. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, remember, you know what alliteration is? Yeah, of course. Okay. Where words start with the same yes. letter. Yeah. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Right. Well, that's not good because there's an article called of. Okay, so there's a you know, so Peter Piper picked a pick of pickled peppers. So there's yeah, something. So I, yeah. So I said, come on, it's either alliteration or it isn't. Right. Yeah. So, Don't break the rules of alliteration, man. Otherwise, it's going to be real, real bad for my little brother. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I get on the phone with Howard Finkel. God, yeah. I love him. What a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, great guy. God, I love him. Great guy. You know, there's some wonderful people in the WWE. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I am 
so much the richer for it, mm-hmm. not just in the monetary, but in the, uh, there were some, and everybody there was the best at what they do. Yeah. And they were under great stress to keep exceeding themselves. You know, over because, and over and over again, yeah. Because, you know, the, um, the, ma- pressure. the maestro was very yes, strict. <laughs> yes. The boss expects the best at all times. Sometimes I heard my name in effigy. <laughs> so anyway. So, so, you, so what's the poem that, that, you're, that, you, that you had? Well, um, Howard Finkel says, okay, we're going to do vignettes. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Perfect's the greatest athlete in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do uh, diving. And um, he's going to do horseshoes. Ping, ping pong, horseshoes, and all these things. So I was married at the time. I told my wife, I said, I've got an idea of alliteration. I said, I'm going into the bedroom. You keep my daughter quiet. I may be in there for three days. Okay. <laughs> I came out 10 minutes later mm-hmm. and I said, I've got it. <laughs> but you know, when you've been a jabroni as long as I have, you, uh, you're, you're ready. You understand that these vignettes could get you over. Yes. Okay. This is your chance. This is my big deal. Yeah. You know, I used to, uh, live in resentment and regret. You know, and now here's my ability. Here's my thing. Yeah. So let's see. He's going to play ping pong. And I said, personal perfection plus prolific ping pong paddles positively panics people's pointless pride. It's just one of many things that poor Hulk Hogan cannot do. And that just makes the genius feel good inside. So that's one. <laughs> okay. So the first. Right off the top of his head, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, no so notes. Then, um, well, I can say I live in the past. Is that sad? <laughs> that's okay. awesome. Okay. <laughs> I. I I traipse around in my private life with no underwear in my cap and gown. Yes, still right. <laughs> you know, I go to the, uh, anyway, no, okay, I, don't, right. I don't do that. So that was one. Did you have another one that you said that you liked to? Well, I really liked the, you know, something is something so bad it's good. Mm-hmm, of course. Or it's campy. Yeah. Okay. I thought if Mr. Perfect is going to be on the diving board, and by the way, that guy could. What was that, that real? Did he was oh, he do yeah. everything he did was real? There was he no was camera a great tricks. Athlete. He was a great worker. I loved him. Yeah. What a great interview. What a personality. Did you know him? Absolutely. Worked with him quite a few times too. Amazing all across oh, the board. And One of my favorites. Well, here's the ironic thing: when he first came in as a top heel, you mm-hmm. know, and he was going to get the push, he wrestled me, leaping Lanny, leaping Lanny, twenty cities, mm. and uh, Randy comes up to me and says, "Man, you're having some great matches with perfect uh, Kurt Henning." He says, is he really that good? I said, Randy, he is phenomenal. You will love him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm telling you, but it wasn't because I was great. It was because he was. Kurt, yeah. You know. Well, he did all those vignettes too, like the dive where he's doing all these flips and gainers. So that was really Kurt that just was doing him. that stuff. Wow. Now, now, I wasn't around when he was doing the bowling. Mm-hmm. And that probably, to get a perfect game, that probably took 12 edits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, um, but even the horseshoes, I mean, you, there's no camera cut. He's from, you know, 50 feet away and he throws it. Dead ringer. Let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. Um, if he's not a great athlete, I'm not the one to tell him. Yeah, that's okay? right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did, did 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 Randy um, when you were talking about, when you were working with 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 Kurt and and had the thing with Hogan was Randy kind of watching? Was he giving you tips? Uh, was he around at the time? Randy is the ultimate micromanager mm-hmm. of my life, and that's why I miss him. Because every once in a while, I catch myself. It's going to be four years coming up, mm-hmm. and I still. You know, sometimes there's a part in the morning where you're not awake yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've never um, never gone to bed with an ugly woman, but I've woken up with a few. <laughs> <laughs> the coyote ugly thing. <laughs> okay, so um, anyway, 
So, so, so Randy would like micromanage. I oh, mean, yeah. He, he must have been proud of you, though. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're working with Hogan. He knows how big that is. He never admitted it, but I'm pretty sure he had a little to do with it. Oh. Well, what do you think? Come on. Yeah. You think. Um, but still, though, I mean, like, hey, listen, though, Lanny, he couldn't get Angelo in the Battle Royal. So if he's going to suggest you working with Kurt, Vince has to agree and go, there's something about this genius that, that's going to work here. Well, here's the poem. I just remembered it on the okay. driving board. Yeah. And I thought. You know how Looney Tunes? Yeah. Like, okay, for, let's, let's put it this way. Um, Roadrunner Coyote. Mm-hmm. They have that suspended disbelief where he goes off the cliff, and then he, you know, the, the law of gravity doesn't work yet yeah. until he looks at you and breaks that fourth wall or yeah. whatever like that. Or, and, then, and, then, and then, boom, yeah. and then there's that cloud of yeah. poof. <laughs> that little cloud of poof. Yeah. And then in the next segment, he's okay. Yeah, right, right, like, right, right, right. You know, like, I mean, that's a pretty good bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would sell that one, but no. So the diving board pro- uh, poem? From the diving board of life, we see the form of Mr. Perfect, looking absolutely confident and cool. And then I do a little sneaky, sneaky. I said, the genius wants to see Hulk Hogan duplicate these dives. But first, I'll drain the water from the pool. <laughs> Like he wouldn't notice. <laughs> like he wouldn't notice. You, know, like, you ever jump in a pool and just, yeah, oh, right. I just assume there's water in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So would you have to get those uh, poems approved by, by Vince? Was he there on these shoots? Because a lot of times he oh, goes yeah, out. Yeah. He, he, um, he oversees everything. Yes. And he got mad at me several times. Um, he says, for now on, you got to blah, 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 blah. So I was wrestling Hercules Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And I had just a, a four-liner. You know, because I was going to do a job for him, and they had big plans for him. Mm-hmm. He was going to be Hulk Hogan's new nemesis. Wow. So they had taken him away from the manager, Slick, mm-hmm. and brought him to the best manager we had, Bobby Heenan. Right. So that in itself, no, you, you know, when you're a heel and you go with Heenan. You know. Yeah, because he was the man. Yeah. And God, I love that guy, man. What a Amazing. Oh. So funny. Great guy. Yeah, and his wife is sticking with him. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. Oh. And takes care of him and everything. And Bobby's you had know, some bad health over the years. He eats through a tube oh, in his stomach. Okay. He's had his face removed and everything. Yeah. I love that man. Yeah, great guy. Oh. And was he the greatest manager? Absolutely. You better Absolutely, believe. by far. I may say, though, that um, you probably haven't seen Ernie Roth, the Grand Wizard. It never did. Well, yeah. YouTube it. And, but, but I mean, seeing, let's not take anything away from Bobby Heenan. Sure. He had his run. We're talking about Heenan. The Hercules and Heenan are together. Right. So I had a little four-liner, and it had a, it had a pop. As Leaping Lanny, I would like pop. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, oh, it was so much more fun as the genius because you just <laughs> you, give him a knee to the crotch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I saw Jesse Ventura, and he's the announcer, mm-hmm. and he's wearing a toupee. Yeah. And I said, I've got to do something about the toupee. How could you have a punchline like that and not use it? Right. So I, um, I say, Hercules Hernandez is a mountain of a man. His body is impervious to pain. But all his big decisions, he is leaving up to Heenan. That indicates he doesn't have a brain. <sighs> Vince didn't like me to go too long, but I had to do this. He says, I know you doubt my sanity for facing such a man. I realize that he is awfully big. But I came here to fight the odds and score a victory. That ought to make Ventura flip his wig. And then, you know, he's such a... Great uh, commentator, yeah, personal, yeah. He would he stood up and say, "Oh, what's going on, Dick Bob, 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 you know, <laughs> man? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's a bad imitation, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he sold it. Yeah, and the people went 
crazy. Uh-huh. And uh, Vince mentioned it, but um, I didn't earn creative uh, license. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have to work for that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever earned that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so um, we're talking, we were talking before about Hulk inducting Randy. Do you think that was uh, one of Randy's greatest opponents was Hulk as far as star power? Is that why you think Hulk's the, the, the perfect guy to, to put Randy in? And plus they were such close friends. I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, yes, the steamboat match stole WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. but you've got to remember, by the way, you ever meet Andre? One time in 93, just briefly. Shaking hands like this? Yeah, he was in Mexico, yeah. Well, in 93, I'm sorry you didn't get to see him in the 70s. Yeah. I saw Terry Funk against Andre the Giant Mm -hmm. in Amarillo, Texas, babyface match, where Andre just got a little rough at the end. Yeah. Here's the finish. Terry Funk goes up, and this is when Andre could work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was a great worker. You better believe it. Yes, he was. You better believe it. And- you know, in the 80s, boy, he was in pain. He was miserable. He was sad. You know, and I imagine that giants suffer more with their injuries. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Terry Funk goes up. It's the greatest match I've ever seen. Um, Terry Funk goes up for a flying head scissors. He brings the giant down. People go absolutely out of their minds. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm on a scaffold. I didn't want anybody to bother me. I wanted to drink this in. Yeah. Then Terry Funk goes for another flying head scissors. This time, Andre takes Terry Funk to the top rope and boom, 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 both men go out of the ring. Most dramatic bump I've ever seen. I mean, oh, can you believe it? Yeah. I mean, you're picturing it in your mind, but I was there Mm -hmm. and I don't have proof. Mm -hmm. And I'll never, I mean, we won't have proof of that. Yeah. Trust me, you bought a ticket, you were happy. Yeah. You know, it was so great that after the match was over, and they hugged each other, and Andre took the international belt and put it on Terry Funk, and the people applauded. Then the two men left the ring together. And you know how the fans want to get to the parking lot quickly? Mm-hmm. Not this time, mister. Mm-hmm. They stayed there and looked at an empty ring in respect or stunned that the great entertainment they had just seen. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, most of the fans are so jaded, so chagrined, They've seen it all. They've, yeah. you know, if you take a guy's head off and roll it down the aisle, they'll say, "Hey, I thought his head would be bigger." You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't yeah. please people anymore. Yeah. And here's here's the fans that just they didn't want to go home. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stare at the empty ring. <laughs> and one by one, I guess, I guess we'll go home now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the, that you were talking about Andre, and you're talking about we're talking about Hogan and Savage, a, a, a great pairing. Like you said, WrestleMania three was one thing, but then a year later, WrestleMania four. It's Randy and Hulk, basically yes. for the title. It was it was it was the biggest thing at the time. And then number Mega five, powers. Mega Powers exploded. Explode. That's right. And uh, yes, it was phenomenal. Yeah, because four Randy won the title, and then five the Mega Powers exploded. I mean, mm-hmm. that's I, I think for 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 that era, WrestleMania three is big, but as far as an angle, it didn't get any bigger than Hulk and Macho Man with Elizabeth in there. It was so amazing. You know what I loved in the DVD? Mm. Seamus. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who's never met him, never will, mm-hmm. but he was a kid. Yeah. And can you imagine what it, what it's like growing up in Scotland, freezing your butt off every day? Yeah. And then you come to see WWE, and there's the Macho Man, mm-hmm. and he says, "He's the reason I'm being interviewed right now." Yeah. He loved, you know, the senses explode. Mm-hmm. You're giving the people so much. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like I say, Randy knew that he didn't have the size, but you work with what you have. Yeah. 
You see, like I say, Gorgeous George, he made $9 million in seven years because mm-hmm. he was making 17% of the purse. Right. He was at the right place at the right time with television just in its infancy. And um, I don't think it was five foot six. But, you know, they were talking about my father being a cheap bastard mm-hmm. when my brother was gestating in Columbus and about to be born on November 15th, 1952. My dad was starting to think maybe this business isn't for him. Mm. You know, would you ever get depressed on the road when you think that maybe it's not going to work for Especially the early you? years, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so just gets the news that Gorgeous George is coming in for three weeks. And Al Haft is the promoter and Frankie Tolliver is the booker. And the reason I know this is because my dad liked to repeat himself. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my dad didn't know that Gorgeous George was an alcoholic. In those days, you were just a drunk, <laughs> you know, like Otis Campbell on Mayberry, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they'd be in the car. My dad would be the designated driver. And, uh, you know, he'd stop and get the liquor store and they'd talk and talk. And my dad was like, marking out mm-hmm. because you know my dad's just starting and this is gorgeous george george was 10 years older than my father mm. george was actually small yeah 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 um but on television it doesn't matter it's can you project sure big. what's your charisma can you connect with the audience oh yeah and, it's, and we we don't count uh height and weight we count ticket sales mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, money right. i'm sorry but the height and weight of the stacks of cash yeah you're right there you go right all right and uh, you've seen big guys that didn't make it. Yeah. And you've seen small guys that did. That's right. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. Pick a way, find a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been looking for a way all my life, mm-hmm. you know, and I still think of ways because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 60, but I'm not dead yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm done with the ring. Even to sweep it, I'm not worthy <laughs> to get in the ring, but I'm still, you know. Are you, are you looking forward to, uh, to the Hall of Fame this year with Randy going in? Is oh, it gonna, um, will, it, will it give you some closure or will it, uh, are you excited it's about it? It's not going to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I would want. Would it bring him back? No. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go back to Gorgeous George because I was okay. almost ready for a point. Oh, okay. okay? <laughs> sorry. Okay. It's all right. It's, uh, we're, right of, we're getting down on time. That's oh, fine. sorry. Sorry. That's right. So um, first John Kennedy is killed mm-hmm. in November and then in December, um, Gorgeous George dies, George mm-hmm. Wagner. My father calls Betty, his wife, doesn't know they were divorced, didn't know that George had been in a um, old age home mm-hmm. or a flop house or mm-hmm. something for bums, destitute. And uh, she says, we don't have any money. We can't even bury him. So my dad says, if it wasn't for gorgeous George, I wouldn't have made it in this business because I was about to quit, become a school teacher because yeah. he was a college graduate with you know my mom. They were going to both teach school, raise their family that way. You can have a nice life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not exciting as wrestling, but so my dad did make it not like gorgeous George, but he did very well. And, um, okay, here's the situation. My father buried gorgeous Mm -hmm. George, a nice Catholic burial. He paid for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, all these guys that think that, uh, he was a cheap bastard. I said, I wanted to do the violin. I got a $500 imitation Stradivarius. Mm. I said I was interested in photography. I got a Nikon F with five lenses, a Durst M600 and larger, and a big darkroom set. And I know this because you know how kids go through phases? Mm-hmm. I had to go to my father and my mother and say, I'm no longer interested in the violin or the photography. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, but that's what kids do. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad didn't carouse. He saved his money so he could spend it at home. Mm-hmm. And we had the best, 
I had the best parents and Randy had the best. Um, and you know, it was not a dysfunctional family except for me. <laughs> so we're talking though, um, about the hall of fame and you said, yeah, you said it won't, uh, it won't bring him back, but are you happy for the fans that they get a chance to, I mean, it's almost like to, to, to pay respects and, and, and say goodbye in a lot of ways to, to their hero of their childhood. And I'm one of those kids that feels that way. I want to do right by him, and I think Hulk Hogan is the man. I, no, I know Hulk Hogan is the man for the job. Mm-hmm. He's going to present it. I'm going to accept You're it. You're going to accept it, yeah. And um, don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like I'm the second best worker in this room right now. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't mind, after we're done, I'd like to recite the speech that I'm working on. It's only five minutes long, mm-hmm. and I would like for you to criticize it. Now, be careful of criticism. Wise men don't need it and fools don't heed it. <laughs> but if you can tell me a little something, because I would like the fans, they've suffered, they've suffered so long. Finally, they get Bruno San Martino, mm-hmm. and now they're going to get the macho man. And I don't want a terrorist attack. I don't want any problems. And I'll tell you what made me mad. I love Bob Backlund, mm-hmm. and I love Maria Menounos, mm-hmm. and they booed her mm-hmm. out of Madison Square Garden. I was and there. she gave a hell of a speech. Yeah, she was great. A hell of a speech, and she's prettier than the divas. Yeah, she was great. She was great, and Bob Backlund is great. He mm-hmm. stretched me when I was 19 years old, <laughs> and he, but he did it in such a way not to be a bully, to teach me, to help me, to inspire me to greatness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Bob Backlund was one of the finest individuals you've ever met. And what a great thing. Here's Bob Backlund and Maria Menounos and these people booing. Yeah. Well, they, kind of... they won't be booing with, with you or Hulk or, or Macho for sure. I mean, well, that's why I'm only going five minutes yeah. because she went a little long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last question, Lanny. Is there a, a memory of, of Randy that you have of the two of you together? I'm sure you have so many stories and so many great thoughts. But when you think of Randy, is there one that pops into mind? How much time do I have? Yeah, you got about five minutes. <laughs> okay, you got to tell me that because I have a tendency. <laughs> Randy, Randy used to tell me, um, as a matter of fact, it was our 50th, uh, my parents' 50th uh, wedding anniversary. Uh-huh. And he says, he used to say this all the time to me. He says, he called me up, it, it didn't matter what hour. You know, I'd have to be ready. Mm-hmm. Lou, yeah, this is Randy. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. <laughs> so he says, um, here's the deal. We're going to have a party. It's a surprise party. So kayfabe uh, for, you know, mom and dad. But uh, I need you to write a poem. Then he would go, but don't make it long and boring because you can be long and boring. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, I get the picture. <laughs> so, and uh, anyway, um, can I do the poem if it's a little off color? Yeah, do it. Let's okay. end it off with the poem that you wrote for your, uh, okay. for your parents. It's for, and they live, they were, um, they were married 61 years at the time of my father's demise. Wow. And um, I don't think Randy or I are going to break that record, okay, <laughs> yeah. since I'm a one-time loser. And um, <laughs> so um, I eat so much garlic, it's good birth control. Nobody comes near you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's have the poem. We got okay. we're down to three. Okay, here's three the minutes. poem. All right. Today in 1949, my parents made a vow, and I think it's amazing they're still together now. Mixed marriages by nature never seem to get on track. You know my mother's Jewish. You know my dad was black. But he passes for Italian, and we keep his secret well, so Angelo and Judy could spend 50 years in hell. But I, for one, am grateful. 
My brother feels the same. We're happy where we're going. We're proud from whence we came. We love our parents very much. We're glad that we were born. Though others wish, in retrospect, two condoms had been worn. But I insist we've had the best, so pour a glass of wine. And let's get drunk to June the 5th, 1949. Thank you. Here's the, here's the best story of Randy. Okay. I'm wrestling for Ann Gunkel and Tom Ernesto. Um, you're not supposed to wrestle on the offseason when you sign a baseball contract. Mm-hmm. Randy always wrestled in the offseason because he was only making $500 a month, no bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, and, Baseball. Yeah, yeah, and so he would wrestle in the offseason. And Randy was going to buy his first car. Hate to say it, turned out to be a Vega, you know, which was like one of the suck cars of the world, okay? <laughs> and uh, so I'm in the back seat as usual. Uh-huh. My brother's driving my dad, and they're having an argument. Uh-huh. And it's, they're going back and forth, and he says, talking about necessities and luxuries. And Randy says, well, for me, I get rip prickly heat from the heat rash. So for me, having an air conditioner is a necessity. So my dad says, it's a luxury, necessity, Less filling, tastes great, less filling, tastes great. So my dad says, well, I've been driving for many, many years, and we didn't have air conditioning, and we did okay. And Randy says, did you have windshields? And my dad says, yes. He says, what's the matter, no balls? (laughs) (laughs) So many great tales, Lanny. We'll have to have you back after the Hall of Fame to discuss that experience. I think it would be great. Uh, I'm glad that, that you made the decision to, 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 to have Macho Man in there. It's going to be a great night uh, at the Hall of Fame. Macho Man, Randy Savage going in. Lanny Poff was going to uh, accept the award, and uh, I'm very, very glad that you made that decision. I hope I get to accept the award. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, – let me tell you what. Randy loved you and appreciated your work and uh, thought that you were a fabulous – I know, so did I, but I think it means more coming from him. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because he did mention that to me when, when I met him that one time after he I left. He loved your work. He uh, loved your – and I hope it never, ever happens again. <laughs> Thank you, Lanny. Thanks to Lanny Poffo and telling so many amazing stories about his brother, the macho man, Randy Savage. He's finally being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I couldn't be happier, and I couldn't be happier with the, getting a chance to get to know Lanny a little bit more. Very funny guy, uh, very eccentric, very unique, uh, a lot of cool stories, and once again, um, very, 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 very influenced by Macho Man Randy Savage through my career. Uh, I'm his biggest fan, and I'm excited that he's going in the WWE Hall of Fame. He deserves it. The fans deserve it. We all deserve it, and I'm glad you got to hear that show. And I also want you to see, hear the show this Sunday, January 25th, if you're in Philadelphia. You have to come to Dave & Buster's on Columbus Avenue. 1 p.m. is the time. Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff go head-to-head. I'll be the moderator. It's the great debate about the Monday Night Wars. This is the first time ever, and you know it's going to be amazing. The inside stories from Eric's perspective as he was running WCW and from Bruce's perspective as he was Vince's right-hand man. If you're in Philly going to the Rumble, you do not want to miss this. You get your tickets at rfvideo.com. you got to get them soon though because it's almost sold out you can show up earlier 10 a.m a special vip meet and greet with chris and eric and bruce it's going to go on it's going to be a great day for a wrestling fan for a debate fan for a jericho fan you head on over to the royal rumble afterwards or watch it afterwards at dave and busters the great debate pritchard versus bischoff 
moderated by Jericho, Sunday, January 25th. All right, go there. Be there or be square, okay? And also, don't forget, uh, Friday, I'll be in Trenton for the WWE show. Saturday, I'll be at the Meadowlands, the Izod Center for the WWE show, the last the last shows that you can see in the Meadowlands. And Friday night, I'll be at the Shimony Mall in uh, Pennsylvania at 4 p.m. at the FYE signing copies of Do You Want to Start a War? And Saturday at Woodbridge Center, FYE, 4 p.m. Saturday, January 25th, I will be there signing copies of Do You Want to Start a War? So come on down if you're a Fozzie fan. And if you're not, then uh, get your uh, get yourself together. What's wrong with you? Get going. Get into Fozzie. We rock. Everyone knows it. <laughs> All right. Uh, previous episodes, you got to check out Robert Trujillo. Uh, you need to go help him with this amazing uh, documentary that he's been working on on the jazz bass player extraordinaire, one of the greatest players of all time, and uh, a very eclectic. Uh, interesting person. Robert is doing a documentary about Jocko's life. Sting is involved. Getty Lee is there. Some of the greatest musicians of all time. Carlos Santana. Of course, Robert Trujillo. He needs some help. There's 76% reaching their goal in Pledge Music. Pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Jocko the movie. And that's J-A-C-O. It's the movie about Jocko Pistorius. Go on to Pledge Music. And uh, you're not donating money. You're just getting getting stuff. You can get a five-string bass that Robert has signed. You can get a Metallica guitar that all the guys have signed, Kirk, Lars, James, and Robert. You can get a bass lesson with Robert uh, in Hollywood. You can get a Skype phone call with Robert. Uh, I, I bought a copy of the Jocko Pistorius DVD that's going to be signed by Robert as well. So um, go help out Robert Trio. Help out Metallica. This is going to be an amazing documentary, whether you like jazz, whether you like music or not. It's going to be similar to the Anvil documentary or King of Khan or uh, American Movie, all these great stories that, that, that are involved, whether you like the subject or not. It's the stories that count. Robert Trujillo, great guy, uh, great bass player. Go help him out with his, uh, with his movie. And uh, the Hulk Hogan episodes from Talk is Jericho are great. The Usos last week was an excellent, excellent show. Lemmy, don't forget about Lemmy. I want you to check him out as well. So many amazing shows on Talk is Jericho. So many amazing fans. Thanks to all of you for making this uh, one of the top four podcasts on podcast1.com right now, all right? I'm, I'm not beating Snooky, but I'm pretty damn close. Corolla, Snooky, uh, someone else, and me. So I don't even remember the third guy's name, so I'm number three. There you go. Thank you to you guys, and thanks for using my Amazon links. I know you've been using them, supporting the show, podcast1.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. You click on Talk is Jericho. See all three of my Amazon links, UK, USA, Canada, A. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show. So we keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees in your shop. You're just getting your shopping done. Help me out in the process. All right, that's another amazing episode of Talk is Jericho. We're done for now. We're going to be back next week. But in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And we'll see you next week. Another very requested guest coming up next Wednesday. He's the Intercontinental Champion, Wade Barrett. Oh, I'm Wade Barrett. Is going to be on Talk is Jericho. Who gives you the best guests, huh? I go out on the streets. I go out on the town. I go find these guys, and I bring them home to you. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing, and you guys are really big. Yeah, boys and girls. Yeah, girl. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. <laughs>